Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles, right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England's own Van Helsink, with me, of course, as always, by my side, the fabulous <laughs> blonde bombshell herself, <laughs> Anne Carrigan. Wow. Well, hello. Hello, everybody. Yeah. Wow, what a glowing introduction. Do you well, want you something? Know, What's going on? I have this calming effect on people. You have a calming effect? I know, right? Yes. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Van Helsing... Uh, speaks the language to soothe the savage beast, right? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Like that. You, Who know, you know what's funny is is you and I do this show for a few years now. A few, yeah. Yeah, and I've been doing it for years before you. Mm-hmm. And we go in the air, you know, we can't see who we're talking to. We, we don't even know if anyone's listening to us be honest with you, right? It's true. We really hope fervently. But, <laughs> but well, we, you know, somebody we is listening out there. We should <laughs> realize that there are people listening to us. I mean, we get the, the latest figures and we were up uh, over 6,000 last month. That's before. incredible. So that was interesting. But Crazy. we also have effect on people's lives, which I never realized. And mm. it's, it's strange because, I mean, I do what I like to do because it's interesting and it's fun. But we do have, uh, you know, an effect on people's lives. And in that uh, we had a message today that, uh, you know, that we did that. And uh, I have one of the, in fact, I have a letter from the past uh, when Maureen and I were doing it on a show. And this woman who used to be going to to chat and everything else. Mm -hmm. And uh, she had, uh, cancer and she she was uh, she overcame it and her tag name was Blind Forever and uh, we saw her in the chat room for many years and then all of a sudden we didn't see her anymore and then I got a message from her and uh, she told me that the cancer had come back Mm-hmm. And she wrote me this lovely, lovely letter saying that how she almost knew every show by heart. Oh, my God. And when she had to go for treatments and stuff, it was that that pulled her through. And, and it was, it's, I mean, wow. it's a, I mean, I cry when I, when I, I would cry. too. Yeah, that's really touching. Yeah. I mean, I'll show it to you next time I see yep. you. I would love to read that. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's amazing. So, you know, we, we do this and you know what we do make, we do make a difference in people's lives at time. I, I agree with that. Um, and I mean, it is true. We just, you know, we're here, we're having fun. We're having a good time. It's what we enjoy, what we're interested in. And, uh, so many people listen to us every week. I mean, think about how many friends 
that we right. have. Some we've never met, but we talk to them yeah. all the time. And people on Facebook, uh, people we've met up with, Kat up in Canada, um, you know, um, I mean, I've sent gifts to her when she had a baby, you know, and I've, I've only met her in person uh, once. 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 Um, and that was sweet. <laughs> and yeah, and I mean, um, I've had people uh, message me and just say great and wonderful things about us. I've, I've had people offer to, I had one lovely gentleman who offered to send me wine <laughs> from oh, California. Oh, there you go. Hey, hey, California, hey. yeah. And I, I mean, it's just, people are so kind and so sweet and we, we appreciate it, you know, and uh, oh, we're getting all sappy. What's wrong with us? But we appreciate our listeners and we, we're just people like everybody else. And we love to talk to people and, and we're just like, we're everyday people. We're not, we're not any big deal. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're, we're just like everybody else. We just happen to have a radio well, show. And you are, but not me. Oh, all right. Except for Van Helsing. I guess I'm like everybody else. There's, there's <laughs> only one Van Helsing, you know that. This is true. This is true. But, you know, it's like we have kids and dogs and cats and families. Not together. Bill, no. <laughs> no! God, no. God, no. We've had many times people ask us if we were, if, if we were married, and I'm like, really? Seriously? Uh, he would have seriously robbed that cradle, man. That's all I have to yeah, say. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, exactly. <laughs> No, we're not married. That would we'd kill each other. Uh, sure. <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny is is most women say that about me. Mm-hmm. So um, including your wife. So yeah, you know whatever. Saint Jan, God bless her. So evidently we have our guest on now. Oh hooray! So Bill, are you there? I am. Sorry, there was phone Bill. trouble. Aww. So, anyways, uh, joining us now is. Uh, a gentleman with a real sweet name, Bill Swift. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Of uh, Spendrift Research. And I I got an email, I believe, from you or, or a message on LinkedIn or LinkedIn or whatever the heck it is. Yeah. And I saw it, it was intriguing. It's 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 I'm not sure if it was my cup of tea or not, but I I was intrigued by it. So that's why I contacted you. And, and I want to learn more about you and your research uh, in this spendrift, which is a lot there. And a lot of it has to do with uh, what I'm getting out of it. And, and, and hopefully you can explain it more to us is science and prayer. Is, is that, or am I getting this all wrong? That's right. What happened was is that I've always been interested in parapsychology and consciousness and religious phenomena. And uh, serendipitously, I was talking to people all over the country, but serendipitously I met uh, some people three towns over from me that were doing experiments with prayer and also had a good grounding scientific method in parapsychology. It was really quite remarkable. It was Bruce and John Klingbeil, and they were working professionally as Christian science practitioners. I don't know if you know what that is, but they were Christian science practitioners, and they also were testing they got the idea of testing people to see what their prayers actually do from different religious backgrounds and set up a laboratory to do that. And I thought it was just right up my alley. So Phenomenal. very fortunate to meet them. 
I had never heard of the word spindrift before in my life. I don't know if you've ever heard of the word. You know the word? No, not, not until uh, I got your email. Well, I, it's a nautical term, and it refers to the edge of a wave during a hurricane out of the, out in the ocean. If you can imagine that. But the wind speed gets to a certain point, and it creates this fast-moving spray, which is called spindrift. And the reason they named their organization that was is that they felt they were at the cutting edge of the wave, the cutting edge of the research, and that was the symbol for it. Neat. Yeah, it is neat. kind of I neat. I like I it. I never heard it before. Yeah, I think I have heard it, you know, in nautical terms. Cause really? Uh -huh. my well, my husband is he likes to sail. Well, so. he, he know he probably knows about it. Well, I you know I I have taking courses in oceanography and, and climatology and everything, and I don't recall it at all, which was, you know, a little surprising, but, uh, yeah. It is surprising, and there are some people I know that are in the boating that never heard of it either. It's hmm. Scottish, I think, and okay. it is, uh, if you see the cover of my book, A Journey in a Prayer by Bill Sweet, there's a, this huge picture of Spindrift. It's something to look at, but you don't want to be anywhere near it. Some things are beautiful <laughs> to look at, but they're dangerous to be near. I've right. only met one person who has been in Spindrift, and he said he almost lost his life. Mm, so, my God. Wow. I, that was the name of the group, and people, once they hear that, they kind of catch on to that. We've mm -hmm. uh, been a very controversial group because we're, we're kind of mixing what we call parapsychology with parapsychology, if you like puns. And <laughs> the... Uh, People from different backgrounds have come into the uh, Spindrift Laboratory and been tested. And they've mostly been tested on plant systems that have something that needs correction, so they pray for plants. And mm -hmm. there's some other kinds of tests, too. There's some basic parapsychology tests they do, too. But mostly we're known for the plant prayer research. You know, you know, Bill, you mentioned that, but uh, when I started out, and in, in, uh, I have a degree in environmental science, and... When I first started uh, getting involved in it, we designed and manufactured an item called the Plant Talker, which is, this is back when the Cigarette Life of Plants came out. Uh, yeah. And uh, it is a biofeedback device for plants. You connected the, the electrodes to a plant and you could actually hear the reactions of the plant to various stimuli. So uh, oh, that's- Wow, that is incredible. That's pretty much in, in line with what I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Anytime I'm wrong in here, please correct me because. Are you, in, I, have you I, ever been in touch with that guy in Minnesota who's doing that kind of work too? I have not. No, that's, okay. that's, but, was but back, that was back in the 70s, my friend. <laughs> the, the, the plants are alive. They're actually beings. You know, you probably know this per, yeah. better than most. And farmers mm -hmm. know that. I have relatives that are farmers. I mean, they consider. Their fields of corn and soybeans, they consider them live beans. You know? right. So why not pray for them? Mm -hmm. It's a good thing. And uh, that's re something, though, uh, to hear the sounds, that would be something. And by, this, by the way, the secret life of plants, the guy who was mostly known for being in that book is a guy named Cleve Baxter. Mm -hmm. You probably know the name. He got yeah. the most attention from that great book, written by Christopher Bird. Christopher Bird's a great guy. All, both of these guys were uh, in touch with the founders of Spender, Bruce, John Klingbell. Oh, wow. I met both. I actually met both of them. I met uh, Chris Bird in 1990 at a conference mm -hmm. in Atlanta. I had a fascinating conversation with him, but uh, I met Cleve Baxter many times. 
and he's the guy who cooked up lie detector equipment to plants and how they would react to people if they walked by the plants. It was a similar. So it was, pretty, it was pretty similar to what we were doing then. Yeah. Huh. It was uh-huh. fascinating. And uh, he uh, kind of went underground after that. It seems like almost everybody involved in consciousness and research and parapsychology research at some points becomes paranoid to think everybody's not taking it seriously. Or, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we've run into this, too. I don't know. It just seems to be part of the program. Mm. But he disappeared and just did a lot of research because he didn't like the way the media was covering him and things. But uh, mm-hmm. it's just, that's just it. That, it just, it's a part of the package. And, of course, yes. uh, uh, when people, as you know, when people have oddball viewpoints that may benefit the world, they're, they're not appreciated at the time they have those <laughs> That's true, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, we... We sold quite a few of these devices to universities and colleges and, and regular, you know, like uh, high schools and so forth. And uh, What did you uh, call it? But it was called the Plant Talker. Plant Talker. That's pretty wild. Like the Plant Whisperer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, in fact, like I said, back in the 70s. And, and it, it was quite interesting because, you know, we t- we'd take it to trade shows and so forth and, uh, you know, demonstrate. We'd have different people walk into uh, the booth and the plants would react to these various people, uh, just just them walking in. In other words, there's other than the stimuli of the person itself, uh, there was nothing else. I mean, we we did experiments, of course, with smoke and fire and and water and and uh, oh, that type of stuff, great. and singing and and and, and music and. And you got you specific get some sounds recorded? Did the, did the plants make some sounds that you could record? Yes, it, it, it actually it converted the the impulses into an audible sound, and uh, that sound uh, we were able to. I guess uh, we we uh, according to the reaction of different stimuli, we kind of classified it. So, if, for instance, if you blew smoke onto the plant, it would react with a certain uh, sound if if you really? uh, if you spoke uh, nicely to it or, or sang to it or react to a different sound and we kind of categorize those sounds and we use that as as the baseline and we we went from there with it and and did various other stimuli but now, you would get this interesting see what you're talking about there is sensational it's a breakthrough and somehow it's gotten put on the back burner. This is this gets gets into one of our discoveries. I'll get into it in a minute. How come mm-hmm. these wow. things get pushed out of the way? You know. So the, uh, with these these things, um, the plants making these sounds. This was audible, or yeah, was well, it captured it, it, on on did, was it recorded like an EVP? No, no, this was audible. You heard it. We went. It was Where attached to attached to a speaker. And, Do you and, have a tape uh, of it? And, you could put on the radio. I do not. No, this was, Bill, this was, uh, God, 40 no, I years know, ago. No, I know, but I mean, you guys didn't make a tape of them? No. If we did, it's long gone. I actually, huh? and, and, and I have to laugh because uh, I was cleaning out my shed in my backyard, and, and I found one of the original prototypes of the plant talker that oh, I had designed. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was oh, just wondering. I wonder, if, I wonder if there's any of them out there on eBay. Would that I be have funny? Is wild. That's a wild. Somebody selling yeah. that. Well, <laughs> you know, the show is supposed to be about Bill, not about me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I no, know. it's all right. But I'm thinking there might be a good TV plot here too. Some murder could be uh, witnessed, and they could bring a plan into the courtroom and <laughs> as a witness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
feedback, the, the, the oh sounds and the reaction. That's great. And, and like, the, interesting thing, the interesting thing about it, Bill, is is that the, the sounds were very comparable to what we would think uh, – uh, a human would react to or, or a cat or a thing. For instance, if, if, if it was uh, something was terrifying, it would almost scream. And, and yet if, if it liked it, it, it would almost purr. It had that type of sound. Well, there was it a was, real famous psychic. Um, I don't remember his name, but it probably is going to come up someplace when they had, of course, they're having all these fires in California, but way back when, to, when they were having fires in the 80s or something, Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a big fire in California, and a psychic could hear the trees being burned screaming. He could hear them screaming. Mm-hmm. I believe why not? It, it, it makes it, sense. You know, we, we, we make a lot of fun of the movies like Star Wars and everything, but that whole thing, the Force is with you and the Force going all through the universe, in reality, I believe in that, in, in that all things are connected and all things have a, a, an energy in them and and. It is what it is, you know what I mean? That's that's my beliefs, anyways. But. Well, gradually, these things will come out. I have a, yeah. uh, I'm probably going to go off on a tangent here, but I have a friend who is, is considered a genius. He's um, has several pants, and he's been flown all over the world to meet with real famous people. Uh, he's met Bill Gates. He met, he's met Putin, of all people. He's met mm-hmm. oh, wow. Queen, Queen Zor, or whatever her name is, a pretty gal that was the Jordan, and he's met with um, a lot of the thinkers and people who fund things because of this thinking. And what he says, and it's very interesting, it's worth repeating, he says in any organization you're in, in any group you're in, it's only the 3 to 7% of the people that are the really creative people that move things. So they're not appreciated for it, but even it's only that small group. There's other people that are creative, but they're not the real creative people. Only 3 to 7 Even in a group like Microsoft or something like that. It's only three to seven percent of the people that are the real creators. I thought that was very interesting. I, I do too. So let's let's talk a little bit more about Spendrift and, and the research and, and how yes. you got how you got involved with it and and uh, so, you know carry on. Well, here's that. what I should probably tell people because everybody's wondering how in the world do you measure prayer? And mm, yeah. the, the yes. what happened is is that. Uh, the very clever thinking of Bruce and John Klimbo, they were Christian science practitioners. They had a lot of experience praying for people and counseling people spiritually. And they were amateur scientists, too. And they came up with this amazing way of testing it where a plant would have a need, and they'd bring people in to uh, pray for the need, but they would measure the need according to how the person was thinking. So some people would think in their unconscious mind or they had an ego, Big ego, and they'd say, well, "I know what this plant needs." So they would, they would intentionally guide their thought to the plant and give it what they thought it needed. And that type of person got a very strong result. But it wasn't a very, it wasn't a spiritual result. What it was was, when you think you know what the plant needs, you are overwhelming it with your intention, and you do manipulate it, but you're not giving the plant what it needs. And so they were able to measure that kind of result from some people. And they designated that a goal-directed prayer. They had a goal in mind, and they were going to produce that goal no matter what. And uh, some people do that, and they think that they're holy when they're doing that, when really it's their own power of thought that's doing it. Mm-hmm. Occasionally they might hit a holy result, but most of the time that's just the ego manipulating things. Then they found that some people came in with a very loving thought and just 
surrounded what they were praying for with best intentions and quality and love and what was needed and not telling the plant what to do, but just giving the plant nourishing thought. And that really benefited the plant. So they were able to measure that as a distinct pattern different than the Goldrush prayer. And that type of prayer, when somebody was praying along those lines of a loving thing where you weren't telling the plant what to do through a goal, they designated non-gold-wretched thought and prayer when you were not having a goal in mind. So they actually had two patterns they could look for in the test, a gold-wretched pattern and a non-gold-wretched pattern, and you could tell what the person was thinking from the results. Wow. That's amazing. Did you that okay? Yeah. Yeah, I get yes. it. Some people get almost, at that point. It's, but it's almost like a, the goal-directed prayer was uh, a type of control. Correct. You know what I mean? Rather yeah. than unconditional love. Correct. So, you got it. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. So this, does, does this go into your evil prayer uh, question? Yes. We <laughs> were found out that many religions pray evil prayers, strangely enough. Mm. And uh, an evil prayer, of course, they don't think they're doing evil. They think they're doing the right thing. Uh, in most cases, some people intentionally do the wrong thing. And we uh, tested people, and we found out that some people unintentionally were doing negative prayers, evil prayers. They were pushing the plant around with their psychic thought, but the plant was actually being hurt, hurt by what they were doing, making it worse, because mm-hmm. they were telling the plant what to do versus mm-hmm. giving the plant what it needed. Then right. you have people who could, we had some people that just, I just, I don't know, they just had an evil in them somewhere or another. <laughs> they could come in and they could destroy a plant. They could just wipe it out. They just had an evil thought. And so we were the first group in the world to warn people about the dangers of the religions that are praying evil prayers. And, of course, the one that takes the gold medal is the Islamic religion. And we mm-hmm. warned people way back in 1986 and 87 how the terrorists were praying. And if you listen to their prayers, if you translate their prayers into English, they're going to tell you what they're going to do to you. So listen to that. We couldn't get anybody to pay attention to us. Huh. Then after 9-11, there was a little interest in what we had to say. But strangely uh-huh. enough, over the last five years or so, we've been inundated with, with people from Homeland Security and national law, national law enforcement people that want to know everything we had found out way back in the 80s and 90s. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You know, so things do catch up. Uh, It it, it do catch up. And I do understand that people think we're kooks. Well, that gets back to this thing. As you know, when you do something creative, and for the first time, everybody thinks you're a nut case. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way it is. And we're all benefits of nut cases. The whole Apple computer thing came out of nut cases, you know? (laughs) This is true, right? (laughs) Really, it was pretty far-fetched. Yeah, yeah, at the and, beginning. They, and, they, and they were going to bring down IBM? Oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. who would ever believe that? And they did. And they did. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so so what a, made... Go, go ahead. You know, what made the, the cling, cling beals? Is that how I, I pronounce it? A bile, it? like bile in the stomach. Cling biles. Yeah. What, Long eye. Uh, what pushed them to pursue this prayer connection great question okay. society is becoming much more skeptical you know we used to have a, a prior to world war ii and in the 50s people were more found spirituality and thinking this way 
they accepted it more. It was it was in their thinking. Then everything kind of switched. Your whole society has switched. We have a completely different society now. Everyone's oh, yeah. skeptic, and they don't believe in anything they can't see in front of their face. Right. Uh, and so, what the Klingbiles found out is they they they, they knew people that uh, you know some people would get healed and they would remember it. Uh, you know, if somebody didn't get a healing or had a bad experience with prayer or something, they remember you know. Negative things are always easily remembered, but the, but they also ran into a very strange phenomenon uh, that, that some people would have a healing, but then a year would go by and they forgot all about the healing or they didn't think it was any big deal or anything. Just completely, their memory of it just completely changed. It was kind of like the Mandela effect. You probably are aware of that. that yes. Right. Just everything changed. They don't even remember what happened to them or they denied that it happened to them. And said, well, we better do some scientific research into this because. It doesn't do any good if, if if people have had wonderful paranormal and spiritual experiences and then they either deny them or suppress them or change the details. So we better get some evidence that, that is solid and can't change once it's been brought up to be reviewed. So that's one of the motives for doing it was is that people they knew who had wonderful experiences didn't either th- didn't think they were any big deal or they forgot they had a healing. How do you forget you had a healing? Some right. people actually forget that. <laughs> Pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, and some people forget they have paranormal experiences. They suppress it. Do you think that's more the the ration, rationality coming in where where we our brain wants to make order and and stuff? And if we don't believe in prayer, you know, uh, religion in in our somewhere in our mind that that our, our mind eventually makes that disappear, basically. It, you got some of it there, but you also have people that do believe in these things, and they don't believe it. That's odd, too. Sure. So what is going on here? You mentioned the brain. I'm glad you brought this up because I want to tell you what the clean biles, pundits, think is going to be their greatest point of discovery that hasn't really hit the headlines yet, but we feel that other scientists will pick up on it. And that is, is that you all remember Sigmund Freud and our defense mechanisms? Mm-hmm. Well, we... We did some very advanced research in the defense mechanisms, and they were they came up with these mathematical formulas. They're way over my head. I can't quite explain it, but there's all kinds of literature on the spin drift. Unfortunately, Bill, we have a defense mechanism coming in right now, and we have to take a break. So there you are. we'll continue. We'll continue this right after the break. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles: uh, Next Generation with Ian Carrigan and Ron Kowak, right here on TojiNet and Pararex Radio, and our special guest is Bill Sweet of Spindrit Research, and we'll be right back. Hello, hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache. I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. 
Hi, Steve Parsons here looking for sea monsters in Tenby, West Wales. And I'll be over in New England looking for your sea monsters this coming fall. Join me, Ron Kolek, and a host of others at Spirit Quest 2018. We'll see you there. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our very special guest this evening, Bill Sweet of Spindrift Research. Here we are. Bill, you're still there? Welcome back. <laughs> I hope so. So, the website is spindriftresearch.org. Yeah, we were going to just ask you that, but that's okay. You must have been psychic. Uh, anyway. Right. Before the break, you start, You were talking a little bit about the human brain, so why don't we get back to that before we proceed? Well, you're going to find out that a lot of reasons that a lot of people in, who work in parapsychology and consciousness research and in, in your work can't pin anything down is because there's forces of consciousness working on us to forget it, and our defense mechanisms are part of, are part of this resistance. And mm. the Klingbiles came up with a clever way of watching and tracking the defense mechanisms as they do their cover-up work. And so this is going to be very interesting because you, you, would, you would wonder, if somebody's interested in paranormal things and spiritual things, why, right. can't, why can't they pin things down? Why, why does everything become blurry after a while? I mean, when they initially have an experience, it's real stark and they got it down and everything, and all of a sudden it's sabotaged. Well, this sabotage mm-hmm. is going on because of the defense mechanisms, mm-hmm. among other things. And so we think right. this is going to be the Spindrift's greatest uh, point, because if we can find a way to end-run the defense mechanism, then we'll start mm-hmm. really making mm-hmm. And people have that denial. You know, you have that denial. Did that really just happen? Oh, I didn't really hear that. Well, what was that? No, nah, I didn't really hear that. That wasn't, that was, that was uh, the floors creaking. I think right. that, you know, your brain does not want to be naturally open Correct. To and you, that. you got it. But then there are people who are naturally open, and it happens to them, too. Mm-hmm. And there's wow. just a few people yeah. that are able to avert this. And these are our really effective psychics and spiritual healers, but there's few of them. And, of course, they're under attack all the time because they're, the, they're, they're part of this 3 to 7%. So it's kind of mm. almost you wish you never heard about this stuff because it ruins your life almost. <laughs> And you lose hmm. relatives. You know, you're not invited to Thanksgiving. No, no, right. <laughs> Don't invite him. He'll he'll yeah. he'll ruin Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we all know about that. So anyway, the thing is, is that uh, the three major contributions of Spindrift are gold retro prayer, non gold retro prayer, and the defense mechanism theory and experiments. And when you go to the FAQ page at spindriftresearch.org, go to the FAQ page. Question three covers those three contributions. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we so, hope that uh, someday we'll find all enough people in the world that have this non-goal-directed thought, which is really the quality Christ-like thought. And the more people we get like that thinking and praying in the world, then we'll be able to uh, affect change in a better, in a quality way. A lot of people are affecting change today, but in a, a, we, it, you know, if it changes and going in a quality direction, what good is change? Mm. Right. Well, 
there have been done some research I know on humans and prayer. I forget which university, but uh, there was a, I believe it was either a heart or a cancer study, where they had uh, 50% of the, the uh, uh, what do you call them, not contestants, <laughs> but the... Uh, oh, contestant, I like it. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, 50% of the... Students. The, all right, whatever. They, yeah, well, were, they listen, were praying... There's a lot of that in my book. It's covered in my book, A Journey in a Prayer by Bill Sweet. If you read, read the foreword of the book, it's written by Dr. Okay. Larry Dossie. You probably heard of him. Yeah. Uh, and he goes into a lot of those studies you're mentioning there. But here's the yeah. wild thing that gets back to the defense mechanisms. You'll find that they, there's a fantastic promising test that they spent millions of dollars on and has these great results. So they go in to do it again and it fails. That's the defense mechanisms. You'll find mm. something works, it doesn't work the next time. That's just the way defense mechanisms work. Sometimes they'll slip up and maybe have two successes in a row, but the third success will be a failure. Hmm. It, it, you can just chart these things. It's quite amazing. So why why do you chose uh, plants as subjects rather than humans? Expense and complications and what we can afford. And <laughs> clinical, you know, mm -hmm. you know, how do you do that with, on a budget? Right. We're doing this as amateur mm -hmm. scientists, so that's that's the reason. Plus, it's basic science. We're doing basic science research. And when you have mm -hmm. human beings, you have uh, many many more variables to explain away. Amen. <laughs> and so that's it. And the same thing with some of these parapsychology experiments. I mean, we have experiments with random number generators where thought mm -hmm. and prayer affect numbers that are supposed to be random, but they end up falling into ordered patterns. Quite so. Mm -hmm. So this is related to Christian science? Everyone who starts is... to has been a Christian scientist, yes. The Christian science is interested okay. in bringing religion and science together. Okay. Is kind of what they, is unique about the church. Of the, I mean, there's all kinds of churches. If it's just another church, there's nothing that stands out about it. But the mm -hmm. the, the idea mm -hmm. that prayer can bring about healing and prayer can bring about results that are noticeable and trackable, this is kind of what Christian science is about. Right. And oh, also okay. the idea of bringing in more and more scientific people. The better you bring scientific people into a religious point of view and a spiritual point of view, the better, because there's so many non-religious people and atheists on the, on the other side. You know, the, It's better to have these people looking into these things. Mm. And there's quite a bit on the Spindra website on this very subject. Uh, I know that... Right. You probably probably the one thing you've heard about Christian science is the thing about matter. Oh, they're the guys that think matter is is, is not a, a real real substance. Well, quantum physicists are starting to say the say the very same thing. So, if you look at substance, you look at it under a microscope. It's mostly empty space. There's hardly anything there. And if there's something there and it's an electron, you can't pin it down. So it's mm -hmm. really, but but appears to us humanly and in our in our physical world is. We think it's solid, but really it is not. Mm -hmm. This is a hmm. shock to people. It shakes mm -hmm. their world. And it shakes all of our worlds, you know. Right. Christian science has been saying that for 150 years and criticized for it. But then again, if a scientist says it from the quantum physics standpoint or some other science that's going to come along in the future, well, then it has credibility. That's, a, that's another good point. Credibility comes from science. It doesn't come from religion and spirituality. So it's good to have them on your side. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. 
So they've done all kinds of experiments with uh, the power of prayer, uh, both positive and negative. Yeah. Um, so one on the website, I was just looking examples of experiments. It says people have the iPhone and the iPad. Spindrift has the iPray. <laughs> How do you like that? <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> yes, that's the history. You're on the history page, I bet. Are you on the um, I no? think I clicked on experiments. Oh, and that's on I went oh, to okay. examples. Yeah. I'll give you an example of an experiment. The, uh, mm-hmm. This is kind of interesting. The, uh, there were soybeans, two sets of soybeans. Uh, one was over-saturated with water, so it was, you know, it was not in good condition because it was too, had too much water, and the other one was under-soaked. So mm-hmm. you had two different conditions of two different batches of soybeans. So we brought people in to pray for these uh, soybeans. We didn't tell them what the problem was. We should just pray for it because that's how you were able to tell if people using a gold-directed hood or not a gold-directed hood. You didn't tell them what to do, just tell them. This, these things have a problem. However, they didn't know which problem they were paying for. They were two different problems. And mm-hmm. we found that people who prayed a gold director thought manipulated the plants, were, uh, moved them around. They weren't getting any help. Or they, 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 the water went to the wrong places, or they, they stayed undernourished, but they were being moved around by their psychic thought. Now, a person who brought in the presence of a spiritual thought, really open, loving, what you would call unconditional love, which you mentioned, mm-hmm. that person was able to pray for the so- two soybean sets, and the soybeans that were over-soaked gave off water and came closer to a normal condition, and the ones that were under-soaked took moisture out of the air and became more moist. That's quite an amazing thing. Hmm. And, you know, we probably all did that, that little science experiment back in grade school, where you had the be the same kind of conditions, you had one you gave it too much water and one to get enough water, but that part of that experiment in school didn't include anything else. Right, it was the you know, part. Of so it. now you've added this third level. Yes. Of a, to a common science experiment. That's yeah. that's that's. Yeah, we're hoping that these will crazy, be huh? common experiments someday. Mm-hmm. And here's what's interesting, too, about you mentioning the plant experiment of, of the sounds being translated. Mm-hmm. from that, 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 sh- that should be a major thing, but see, it's kind of, you, kind of, you were involved in it, and you kind of even forgot about it until you started to bring up that. that, that, that it's crazy. That's the defense mechanism. I mean, that's major. But why mm-hmm. doesn't everybody know about that? You know? mm-hmm. well, they want was, to. They yeah. want to know about it, but they're not allowed to. Your, our minds don't allow us to know. I mean, all these people who have these UFO experience. I talked to several pilots in the military, and they've seen UFOs and everything, and they said they could, they, 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 they could never get a fix on what it was exactly, but they know it was a UFO and it wasn't here, but they could never quite get a fix on it. Have you ever had a dream? I've had this kind of dream a lot where you're, you're always trying to look around the corner or something. You never look at something straight on, but you're always going around corners and can't quite see the whole thing. Have you ever had a dream like that? No. Okay, I have. Well, you can't see the whole body or the whole thing you're looking at. You've always got this corner in the way, a corner wall, mm-hmm. a corner around, you're going right. around the corner. That's kind of like how trying to pin down spiritual phenomena, psychic phenomena. You're always being blocked from getting the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Okay. So right. we hope that we, we can add, well, we're hoping someday we'll find a way to get around that. <laughs> now, people who have LSD experiences claim 
that they get her, that that does something to the mind that completely knocks down these barriers. I don't know if you talk yeah. to people, but it's kind of interesting. They, 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 it opens them up to spiritual and psychic experiences, and the defense now there, fade away. There have been there have been psychological experiments uh, that were uh, testings on on fear and and the able to being able to remember and that we find that we're under stress and we can remember much better than when we can't. For instance, why does a, a car accident seem to go in slow motion or, or, or a horrible thing? It, it seems that way because our um, mind tends to retain it. Yeah. So are you saying that we have a defense mechanism that will actually destroy that as well? No, that is completely a that's, a, that's a physical experience that doesn't involve the paranormal or the spiritual, so the defense mechanisms don't care too much about that. They only care about us finding about another realm. Okay. So, uh, but, but there are people who black out experiences, they have bad experiences, or, the, or they never forget them. It ruins their whole life. They just think of the horrible things that happen to them all the time. Okay. Uh, defense mechanisms may, may or may not be involved in that, but the defense mechanisms are really more interested in us not knowing about Spiritual things, psychic. Okay. So that's our have, that's the spindrift premise on that point. All right. So one of your questions, and, and this has always been one of my uh, things that I always felt strongly on, is prayer in public schools. And do you want to go into a little bit about that, the effects of prayer in? Uh, well, they're arguing on constitutional grounds, and if you could make an argument that why don't we just test prayer to see if it benefits children, forget about the religious part of it, because our Constitution kind of against that. Just take it out of religion and put it completely on a scientific basis as a scientific experiment. That mm -hmm. would change things, and that's what Spencer proposed. Why don't we try that out sometime and see if that actually is something that benefits children or not? Mm. Just make it a science premise, and rather than this argument, oh, you can't do this because of the religion, science, mm -hmm. separation of church and state and all that. Well, forget that. Why don't we just won't look at it that way? We'll look at it as we are doing a psychological experiment to see if prayer benefits children or not. That okay. may still offend a lot of people, but if you, if you take the sting out of it, which bothers people, the religion part of it, then you've got to a whole new promise. But the problem with most studies, of course, is that it costs money to run. And, you know, That's without, true. you know, financing, it's difficult to proceed in a lot of these areas. Well, here's the thing about that. It gets, kind of gets back to the defense thing. During the middle 90s to the uh, early, for about 10 years, to about 2006, seven, there was a lot of money available for research. It was a great time to be in parapsychology and consciousness research. Yeah. <laughs> then you had what I said earlier. These great experiments were working great and everything. They'd go replicate them and they would work maybe one more time or not at all. And as soon as something stops working, then the funders don't want to fund it anymore. They only want to keep it going if the, if the last study was as good as the last study as the last study. Mm -hmm. Once it starts failing, they, they don't want to have anything to do with it anymore. This is Kind of understandable, but it's also unfortunate. 
But isn't that why we do many studies rather than just one? Because you can have a study that, that looks promising or it gets good results, and then you do the same study again and, and you get you know, you don't get those results, or, or you do it again and you don't get those results. So isn't that why we have multiple studies? Well, I agree with you. You've got to keep at it. And you, you bring up a very good point, by the way. The test results at Spindrift were accumulative. You just didn't take one test. In order to get a reading on a test, a person had to take a series of 30 tests. Uh-huh. And in those 30 tests, you might have a couple where the person got no result on the test at all. They mm-hmm. may have had artifacts get into the test somehow. So they were thinking of so their mind drifted and they're, they're off doing goal-directed. They don't mean to, but their mind drifted. By the way, it's a very disciplined thing to keep your mind on what you're doing. You know, we mm-hmm. all know about that. Definitely. After, oh, yeah, definitely. And after <laughs> 30, 30 runs of a test, you got a pretty good idea if that person is a goal-directed person, a non-goal-directed person, or they don't get any results that are meaningful. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you, you bring up this idea of more and more tests. Well, we, we do it, so it's the accumulation of the results that we look at, not just mm-hmm. one test. I can mm-hmm. tell you that the first time I took the test, I had a very strange uh, reaction. I, thought I was real excited and everything. And, yeah, I was doing this. If this thing really works, I'm responsible for my thoughts. So I had all this fear come into me. Well, what if I don't get a result? What if I don't get a result? So I started praying about my fear rather than the test. Uh, mm-hmm. That straightened me out, and then I was able to start getting results. So it's, it's a very strange thing. Uh, we have a lot in our uh, website and in my book about the, the different reactions that uh, people have had to participating in the research. I believe that, uh, you know, some people love seeing the results. Other people, um, they initially did, then they told somebody at their church or the relatives about it and said, oh, you're dealing with the devil, and then they resented that they had anything to do with Spindrift. Yeah. Oh, and other people who forgot, they even came in or to Spindrift to pray for the test, which is really wild. How do you forget <laughs> that? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Forget that? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And, it, yeah. and, and, you know, it's it's the same as... So, I mean, you can see the parallels between what Spindrift is doing and and paranormal investigation because if you're really going to investigate a place, you're going to go back over and over and over again. You, you go for one night and it's like, yeah, oh, we didn't get any results. That was a failure. No, you need to go back again and you do it again. And you need to, I mean, the best paranormal investigation cases are ones where you have repeated frequent visits to that site. Yes, that's right. So it's very, very similar to me. Well, that's one of the things, too, that people don't like to do tedious, repeatable, over and over again experiments. And that's why people Mm -hmm. just, you know, they're into all this, give me love, give me good feeling, relaxation, I don't want to do the work. But you have to find people that want to do the work. Isn't that what you find, too? Yes, absolutely. Everybody's lazy. Yes, or they just, it just isn't them. their thing. But yes, yeah, yeah. So it is, it is time consuming. But some people are willing to do it. And as I was saying, that Spindrift was doing basic science experiments, and it took a lot of work. It was over twenty years of work. Wow. I wanted to ask you about the founders, and and um, as I was reading on the website earlier today, so the Klingbiles had um, some kind of bizarre. Um, accident? You saw the history page. Yeah, well, we still don't exactly know what happened, but it's like a Twin Peaks episode. The founders of Spindrift (laughs) 
supposedly committed suicide. Oh, doesn't make any both? sense at all. That's the official thing, but I don't understand it. A lot of us, I was talking to him the night before, and everything was great. We had all kinds of plans. We were going to mm-hmm. just approve two speeches for a couple of us to give at conferences. Very bizarre. It and sounds it. We'll, we'll, uh, I, I think that we'll find out that a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people who are inventors and have made breakthroughs, somehow they have attacks on them, and it all looks very normal when it should look more suspicious. Hmm. Someday, this, someday this will all probably be figured out, but it's not totally figured out at this point. It doesn't wow. make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, when this happened, uh, we thought, gee whiz, if they were somebody attacked them, I was the front person for Spentro, so maybe we should call the local police department and let them know, maybe somebody's coming after me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, That's So we right. don't know, but there's a lot of things like this that happen to people. It's very, very strange. And I've talked to a lot of people who said, well, my uncle did this, and the strangest thing happened. And I know George Norrie, as you know, on Coast to Coast, he yeah. had an aunt that was a famous uh, psychic researcher, and she was found in her bathtub, electrocuted. Somebody threw a, a, a radio in the bathtub. Oh, God. They said, that's all very suspicious. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of examples of things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, when you go into these areas, as you, as you may know, you, you have the people that think you're crazy to go into them, but then you also have the people that are worried that you know too much. Right. Right. <laughs> Who are these people? Uh, and I have over a hundred letters at Spindrift of um, what you call hate mail. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Love yeah. me. Do you yeah. get hate mail? You get hate mail? No, uh, it loves me. I have I, 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 <laughs> Odd. <laughs> I would cry. That would make me cry. That's yeah. Awesome. And of course, we had some people who quit our group because they couldn't take the criticism. Right. Yeah. So I want to go. I want to go a little bit back to the experiments themselves. So, you have a subject which is a, a plant, correct? Correct. Correct. And you have someone who's praying for it. How do you shield the plant from accepting just the prayers of that particular persons, where you know where it's it's basically it's non-physical. Uh, you know, it's not like you can put it in a, in a box and say nothing's going to get to it. It's, it's, and well, you, you deal with the psychic completely. First of all, you can't shield it completely. That's why you have to do a number of runs because people's okay. thoughts do run into other people's thoughts. But then you have that's, separate plants that, in another at, room right. that are called a control group that nobody touches right. that are in the same physical condition as the plants you're praying for. Mm-hmm. And after you accumulate a number of tests, you can mathematically average out the artifacts and the interference from other people and, and the things the person is praying that he's doing that he, when his thought drifts and everything. By the way, there's a very interesting thing about drifting thought. This is something really wild. There are a few exceptions to this. People, there are a few people like the clean bells themselves and a couple other people we've uh, uh, measured. When they quit praying for the plant, when they're doing this loving thought, when they quit praying for the plant, it just everything's fine. But we find that, in my own case and some other cases, as soon as you're done praying in a, in a loving way, the human mind takes over and it starts going in a goal direction. So here you had this loving pattern going. Then when you stop, 
your own mind just goes on unconsciously into its own mm-hmm. agenda and says, I know what's best for this. It starts affecting the plant in a dual-directed way after all the good work was done. It's really wild. Mm-hmm. You can chart this. Intriguing. It's, mm-hmm. it's wild. It's wild. So it's a good idea to uh, keep your thought pure as long as you can. Right. <laughs> it, but in, that was one of the strange strange things. You, you would have thought that once you're done, you're done. But no, no. Mm-hmm. So the test keeps running, you keep running the chart. Now oh, what's going on? What's this other pattern? Well, that's your mind still affecting it. By the way, this idea of entanglement and what Spindrift calls associational linkage, you do link to these plants. You do have a connection to them. And so once the plant, you have this connection to the plant, the next person you know, has to have a whole new plant system because that, that plant was connected to the other person. Yeah. But that's that's so much, you can, you can see that practically and with pets on how the mind connects with with uh, pets mm-hmm. and you know if you have a different owner then it, that connection is still there with the original one have you so, seen rupert rupert sheldrick's experiment with dogs yes isn't that wild it is extremely wild and uh you know it, there's so much we've got to learn and, and there's so few people that are really doing serious research in Correct. in these areas and why is that? Because it's considered kooky and part of our mind and the defense mechanisms. And this goes even for all of us, all of us. There's part of us that maybe your conscious self doesn't think this, but you've got part of your mind that you don't want to find out about this. This is a dangerous area. Stay away from it. It's going to ruin your life. Mm. Unfortunately, that oh is that is the Zorabelle, which means pizza from the dead's here, and we've got to take, we've got to wrap it up. Uh, mm. It's but it's, it's been fascinating, and I'm, I'm so glad I did ask you to join us. Uh, it's It's been a really interesting show. and Very, very interesting. Well, I yes. thank you very much. My book is A Journey Under Prayer. You can look it up. It's, uh, and any questions people have, just write us at the Spindrift website, spindriftresearch.org. Any questions, we'll be happy to field them. I Beautiful. Yeah. to talk to you. I hope, I'm glad the phone finally got connected. <laughs> yeah, me too. And we, we posted your website on our Facebook page, uh, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I'll leave yes. you with a quote. This has okay. to do with being, being uh, clever and what is necessary. And you'll like this. You all know who Richard Feynman is. He's, a great, he's one of our great scientists, like Einstein, but more and more recently. He, oh, okay. anyway, he's a great scientist. And this is what he said. If you want to solve a problem that we have never solved before, we must leave the door open to the unknown. Okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense? Makes sense. Right. Consider all options. That's right. <laughs> so, Excellent. Well, I, thank you so well, much for joining us. Sure. Thank you. You guys keep up the good work. Thanks, yeah, you Bill. Too. You too. And, uh, yeah, you know, keep in touch. Let us know if there are any, you know, breakthroughs or so forth, then, you know, we'll be happy to report or whatever. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Good night. Bye-bye. Well, that was pretty good. That was very interesting. I've, I've just, I've never heard of anything like that before. It's just, uh, just a whole new realm. I have too. I mean, I have heard it, and, uh, uh, but you know, it was, it, it was intriguing because when I, I first saw it, I was like, ah, I'm not sure. You know, you know, this guy might be a kook. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know me. I'm very skeptical. Yeah, and, and yeah. So I thought he was very nice. Yeah, he did. Nice I thought he did a fine job. Man. 
Yes. I thought he did a fine job and everything. So anyways, we do have to wrap it up. There's the tunes. You'll listen to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Toji Night and Pararex. And go check out my website, anyghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, and Spirit Quest, September 28th, 29th, 30th. So till then, good night. God bless. Good night. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.